today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. We've talked a lot over the course of this year. I guess uh, when did um, when did cannabis become legal? October, October, in the middle of October, October seventeen, something like that. Am I close? You think twenty first? <laughs> Uh, anyway, it's legal now, and uh, everybody thought the world was going to come to an end. That certainly hasn't happened, but we thought the same thing when uh, beer and wine went into grocery stores, right? Uh, but experts are now warning that allowing municipalities to opt out of cannabis shops will only help the black market. Uh, I guess you have until January 22nd to uh, decide whether you want to be in or out. If you decide out, you can choose to be back in, but once you're in, you're in for life. Boy, that sounds appetizing, doesn't it? Uh, Anyway, uh, and the other revelation that came out in the last couple of weeks was uh, initially the Kathleen Wynne government said there was going to be 40 stores. Everybody said that that was not enough. Uh, The PCs got elected and said it was going to be uh, privatized, not through the Ontario Cannabis Store, uh, the online um, method of, of purchasing now. But now they've decided that they are going to uh, only offer 25 licenses come April 1st uh, for distribution, uh, well down from the 40. Let's bring in Dan Malik, health sciences professor, Brock University. He is with us now. Dan, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Hey, no problem, Scott. How are you doing? I'm doing well. And you? I'm all right. Thanks. So here we are um, a few months into this. As you look back on the last couple of months and how this has all gone down, what are your thoughts on how government rolled this out? Well, I think well there were there were positives and negatives. I think the Ontario government made a big uh, mistake by killing the um, the online or the retail um, the, the the storefronts right off the bat. Um, I think it was for mainly political reasons, and we've seen how that's gone. But um, you know, it's it's been relatively you know like you just said it. You know, the world didn't end, and part of the you know the world didn't end not on, not because the supply did. <laughs> But because it's not such a big problem, right? It's not such a big issue. Just people will continue doing what they were doing. Now it'll be legal. Uh, I, I, and is that the real point here? Is that it's not like life is going to change? That people are just doing what they normally did anyway? Yeah, I think so. And I think that, especially in Ontario, where people are doing what they normally did, which includes going to the same people they normally were buying from, right? A lot of people but we and and we might see things changing you're right it was october 17th when it became legal in the summer when there's more people consuming it outside um and then we'll see things change again uh next year when uh, edibles are going to be um legal okay so uh initially uh the kathleen Wynne government and we all remember there's a transition in government there which obviously um you know this is not a priority for an outgoing government uh they were talking about 40 stores uh uh, Doug Ford got in, and it was going to be free enterprise, uh, private system, and didn't really put a number on it. I think somebody was throwing around a thousand at one point. How do you get from that to twenty-five? Uh, well, I guess the justification was um, that there's this huge supply problem. So, since the Ontario government had the benefit of watching what happened across the across the country without having to deal with the retail like storefront system themselves. They could say, "Look, you know, this the supply just hasn't met. Um, the, the, the supply isn't there to allow us to do the hundreds, if not a thousand, stores in Ontario." Um, that's kind of the justification they've given. Um, it could also be, 
I don't know, you know, every time a government gets into power and wants to privatize the LCBO, they suddenly forget <laughs> about yeah. that promise. And what we're seeing now is the Ontario Cannabis Store is the sole source in Ontario, and it could very well be that people are going, eh, you know, this is a good revenue source. So we might be seeing a little bit of both of that, you know, because if you only license 25 places, then who's going to have the big corner on the market? It's going to be Ontario Cannabis Store, right? Uh, that being said, I mean, these people are playing, uh, I'm guessing, astronomical license fees. How are they yeah. going to lose less money by having a private storefront as opposed to paying the cost of having, um, you know, a public storefront? I mean, this was supposed to, A, save the money of infrastructure and yeah. and, and yet generate revenue by selling the licenses. Do you mean how, how is the, the Ontario government going to save money by... Not well, I, think I, I don't. I, well, you know, they've they've tied this to a supply problem. That the reason yeah. they're only opening twenty five stores is a supply yeah. problem. If these are private run companies, why is that the PC's problem? I know exactly, and that's that's the challenge. That's why I say that they're. So this is a pile of garbage, really, when you think about it. Yeah, uh, it could be. I mean, here's uh, you know, conservative governments tend to be more free market oriented. So here's a government that gets into power with a very free market kind of language around cannabis, and then. Um, decides to crack right down uh, using a supply management issue that you're right isn't shouldn't be their problem. Yeah, like I can um, understand yeah. if they were opening a whole pile of Ontario cannabis stores and they were mm -hmm. worried that they were going to have empty storefronts because yeah. they're holding the bag, but they're not holding the bag. The private company is. So why not grant the licenses? And you know, if they got to sit, sit empty for a couple of months, that's their problem. Yeah, no, you're you're right. I, I I don't have an answer to that, and I think that is the big rhetorical question. That I don't think that it's not rhetorical, but it's the government's not going to answer it. And a lot of private companies have said, look, but like you just said, they've they've got their leases. These leases are in buildings that are in high traffic areas that are desirable areas, and now they're going to do nothing with them, right? I mean, maybe the second cup will open more second cups because they want to um, open a lot right. of you know they, they want to have some cannabis shops as well, so they could repurpose that. But it's it, it isn't very business friendly. I'll say that it's, it's saying to the businesses, "We know better than you," which is kind of what usually irks yeah. C or big C conservative governments, right? Uh, everybody remembers that the whole way that the whole reasoning uh, Justin Trudeau gave for for doing this was it was safer. It was getting it away from the black market. We just heard that over and over and over again. Whereas it appears that there's two major events happening here that are going to benefit the black market. That is, number one, the 25 stores, down from the 40, down from the 1,000. Yeah. The other thing is, is cities being able to opt out. Yes. Both of these scenarios, you make the product legal, you uh, control and, and, and reduce distribution, uh, and then allow some cities to opt out, the people in the black market must be laughing at this. I think they are. Yeah, I think that um, especially, well, so the, there's the additional scenario where when uh, on October 17th, there were no retail stores, right, in Ontario. So people who wanted to buy and didn't have a chance to get it online for whatever reason, they don't have a credit card, they may not have a fixed home address, they may be visiting from out of province they might know someone who can get it to them through the black market, right? So then the other thing is what's going to happen when the stores open in October, I mean, sorry, in April. And uh, yeah, so there's going to be, uh, there's going to be a supply, what's it called? It, it's, there's just, it's going to be harder to get it. And when you make something hard to get, 
that opens up a window, if not a door, if not a huge landscape for people to provide it illegally, right? And no matter what kind of... Um, you know, you have to ask yourself why they just didn't decriminalize this, legalize it, and then just stay out of the business. Yeah. Because they might or, as well have. They, yeah, they could have gone that way or they could have gone the other way, which is go all in on the retail side, which we have with a liquor, and then back away from it once it's kind of got a stable system. Once you've got a stable system going, then you can start to uh, allow more private. You could go that in those directions. I'm sure that like you could go fully wide open private as well. But sometimes, and this is something we've discussed back when we were theorizing about what's going to happen, um, a, a lot of times it's what the province, what the people of the community will tolerate, mm-hmm. right? It's uh, the provincial community or the community. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, Alberta has a very much a, a, a private market. BC has a mixed private public and other provinces have, have publicly run systems paralleling their liquor system. And in Ontario, that was kind of what we were going to kind of, that was what was going to happen. But then when the, the new government came in, they decided to shake it up. But unfortunately, it seems to have been a little, not as well thought out, I think, as, as they would probably like. And as something this contentious or this, um, yeah, this loaded and this politically and socially loaded um, sort of topic of cannabis legalization probably needs, probably needs something a little more precisely thought of. Why would the PCs do this, uh, especially at this point of the game? Um, it seems like they're creating more problems than they're solving. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, why not even, okay, if you, if you want to take this slow, I totally get that. Everybody would yeah. get that. But why, why go from, you know, it's anybody, it's, it's, why go for a to, from a total free for all to less than what the wind government was going to give us? Why not even pick 50? So it's still above theirs, but below their own. I, 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 I have not got, and I have no clue. Yeah. I, I mean, that could and those sorts of things really do fuel sort of this conspiracy theory that maybe it's just they want the, the monopoly for the Ontario cannabis store. Maybe they've been listening to the licensed retail, the, sorry, the licensed suppliers who have said this is what we can provide you. And because the um, the organization of the licensed cannabis um, uh, suppliers, I guess um, I can't remember the name of it, but they have said um, they support this decision to reduce it to twenty five. Which suggests that it's a, that on their end they cannot support that many more. So the suppliers are saying it is a supply issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, even suppliers clearly, are saying this. Yeah, it's clearly a supply issue, um, but it's also a like you said, it's what do you do when there's a supply problem, right? And depending on your uh, your perspective as a government, you say, okay, well, we're going to let the market deal with that problem itself, yeah. or are we going to tightly control it? And part of the question could be, if we open it wide anyway, you know, issue a thousand licenses and let the stores battle it out, there may be more incentive to go to the illegal market from those stores. However, that's a very... That's a more traceable thing. Is that a valid? I guess that would be a valid point. Is that if they open too many stores, they're worried that those stores will get their supply from the black market because the other supply is is it's not where it yeah. should be right it, now. It could be. I mean, we're all, we're speculating on this, yeah. but it, it could be. But at the same point, if you've got um, a storefront um, operation, it's going to be inspected and it's going to be tightly monitored, and there's a lot of monitoring in the the regulations around this, 
so it'll be harder for you to be selling stuff that isn't properly labeled and and properly. Um, and I'm guessing sure. that there's more policing that is required by the province if there is in independently owned stores than if it's uh, uh, an LCBO or an uh, Ontario cannabis yes. store. Ab- yeah, absolutely. You're going to have more of those sort of checks and balances on the free market um, operators. They'll have um, to be inspected more, will they not? Because there's yeah, not sort of yeah. a government template that they're all going to follow. I mean, I guess there will be as far as the legalities, but from yeah, there on. Yeah, and it's the principle of what's called disinterested management when you've got people selling who are government employees selling, but they're not benefit. They're not directly profiting from sales, right? So they're disinterested in the profit. So, and this is yeah. the whole idea of government uh, regulation or government ownership of, of retail. But when you go to a, um, a private ownership of retail, you do have to keep an eye on it because people are actually profiting from this. And yeah. so they're not disinterested. So their job is to make more money out of it by selling more product. So, so you do need more inspection and more other you know, other sorts of checks on that. Of course, I'm asking you questions you can't answer because you're not the political party. But, um, you know, if you've gone from way way up where they were down to uh, 25 stores, why not just have them OCS stores? Yeah. Um, I think that would be too much of an about face for this government to right. say, oh, yeah, you know what we were saying about... You know, and we're we're going to use Wynn's plan, but yeah. less. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. not going to fly. <laughs> yeah, because we thought it was pretty bad to start with, so we're going to make it worse. Yeah. And, and how yeah. do you like that? Yeah, I mean, it's really tough to go that far. Uh, that When you get into a government ownership system, it is really a, sort of a... There's an ideological... Um, switch that flips right from being left to right or right to left in that respect, right? So you can at least still give the free market language, even though you're tightly controlling. It's more of a command economy <laughs> than a free market. Hmm. Uh, and I think that this is this is what they're doing. They're sort of stuck in this dilemma, right? The dilemma, partly a result of the fact that they didn't open stores on um, October 17th, and partly of the, the realities of the supply, which is, and they're right, that it is a problem that the federal government created by not um, ensuring there was enough supply to start with. Um, uh, Canadian press saying uh, in recent weeks, several municipi- municipalities, both rural communities and major urban centers such as Mississauga, west of Toronto, have chosen to reject cannabis retail stores, saying they want more control over the number and the location of shops before they consider opting in. Some have also said they want more time for public consultations. Are these valid concerns by the municipalities? Um, I think so. I mean, this gets into the idea of, well, I I don't think it's a good idea to opt out in, in, at all. And I think that the people who have been saying this, and I'm one of them, have said, you know, it just it just it encourages the black market. Yeah, it does but the opposite it, to what the government is planning. Yes, but it does. Uh, it, there is something, as I said earlier, about the, the sense of from the community or what the community will tolerate. So the location, um, should the government be saying this is where the store will be? Um, should the community say, you know, it might be close to that school, but the school the students are on the other side of, you know, or whatever, like the people in the municipality would know better where uh, that, what would be a good um, place for it. One would think, however, um, the issue of consultation is a tricky one, right? Because is it just the loudest voices get to be heard or is there a more um, representative consultation going on? And that's, that's where um, I think you're better off with municipal governance doing um, an extensive consultation, then the provincial government's just saying we're going to open it wide. But it will be highly unlikely for a community, um, a large community, to have no one in there who wants to get their hands on the stuff and who 
would entirely be able to use the Ontario Cannabis Store system or get to another um, municipality to um, easily yeah. to get their product. I mean, if you want something and there's, uh, yeah, I was going to say, you know, sometimes people will break the law to get their hands on stuff when it's really difficult to get it on, get, get their hands on stuff legally. And that's the whole principle of legalization instead of yeah. criminalization is that you want to make it accessible. Even if you put restrictions on it, people would rather do the legal thing as long as it's not too difficult. Can uh, municipalities use this as leverage? Uh, Hamilton Council is going through this now. They pushed this off to uh, city staff to, to give them a, a report on the new year of, of ins and outs of all of this. Uh, some councillors alluding that this can be used as leverage. Is, is there room for that? Or, I mean, is the province holding all the cards here? I, I don't understand what the leverage, like, what would they be leveraging? In the end of the day, uh, more money, more resources, more whatever. We're really not interested in this. If you want it in here bad enough, you got to give us more. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I hadn't, I, I, I must have, I've been grading for the last two weeks, so I haven't been reading a lot of the news. But um, it, it could be that there's a, I don't know. I mean, this could be like, is the, the government upset if the, you know, there's, there's, uh, is the provincial government upset if there's municipalities opting out? Cause they say, well, you know, we want you to do this because we're trying to curb the black market. So if the guys that are, yeah. the, you know, uh, the people that are, are, are kind of, uh, fidgety about this, we're going to give them a bit more. Yeah. It's tough to say whether they'd be upset in, in the one respect, it could be a reason for limiting the licenses to say, you know what, there's only 25 of these. So if you guys want to start to leverage this, you're just not going to get a license yeah. off the bat. Yeah. Um, but the other side could be, you know, if you don't want to open a store, well, that's going to further enrich the Ontario cannabis store system, right? Because um, I don't think there will be a problem finding 25 places and, and, and communities where 25 stores could be placed. Right? So if there is 25 in Ontario, are we, are, do we just believe that these are all big corporate sort of entities, entities or would these be mom-and-pop type shops? Yeah, it's tough to say. I mean, it sounds like a lot of, re- a lot of bigger companies are, well, first of all, it's supposed to be a lottery system, so it could be the mom-and-pop shop. Yeah. But it does sound like there are more um, big retailers who want to get in on it, in which case, there I don't know if you can buy and sell these licenses once you get your hands on them. But there could be this. <laughs> be interesting if there was be a like a cab license. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> be like a cab license. It's worth a fortune now. Yeah. Well, not now, but was at one time. Yeah. All right, Dan Malik has been with us, health sciences professor, Brock University author of "Try to Control Yourself: The Regulation of Public Drinking in Post-Prohibition Ontario." Dan, thanks for your time. Uh, not only today, but all over the course of the year, we really appreciate it. Have yourself a great Christmas. My pleasure. You too. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.